We here at the Fumbling For Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron, and joining me is my fellow host, Daniel. Hi there. And unfortunately, Ariel is still feeling a little under the weather, so it's just going to be us this week. Boo. It's okay. Ariel will get better soon, and we'll have all three of us back. Yay. (laughs) Dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. But anyway... Today's episode is going to be about, drumroll please. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Don't ask me to do sound effects because I'll, uh, I'll do terrible. It'll do terrible sound effects. Today's episode is going to be about Resident Evil 6. The first thing I want to say about this episode is RE6 isn't that bad of a game. I agree, but it probably could have been better. Yes, it's another game where it's not that bad. It's worth a play. Could have been better. But we'll save that for episode two when we do our review. However, this game did have a lot of wonderful content. Uh, quite a few new BOWs to uh, contend with. And some, shall we say, lovely revisits to some old characters. Indeed. So, without further ado, Danny... What's our summary? So as always, it's short and mostly about the game's release. So Resident Evil 6 was known in Japan as Biohazard 6. It's not very catchy, though, if you just say Biohazard 6. (sighs) Not really, no. I do like Resident Evil better. Sounds like it's, you know, more at your residence. (laughs) Speaking of which, uh, a woman did reference Resident Evil at work today. Just a side note. And it was out of nowhere, but... There was more to it, but I was did like... Did she become your new best friend? No, but I did say, uh, we do a podcast about Resident Evil. <laughs> she didn't inquire any further, but <laughs> I just thought it was hilarious she brought up Resident Evil. Anyways, it is also the ninth video game installment in the Resident Evil series. The official reveal trailer was released on Capcom's YouTube channel on January 29th, 2012. It had an original release date set for November 20th, 2012. But some games either get pushed back or actually get released quicker, which could have been the issue in this case, is it got released October 2nd, 2012. So nearly a month earlier than it was going to be released. Mm. So maybe they skimmed on some of the details when they released it. Well, I know when it first released, it did have its fair share of problems accessing, you know, online multiplayer and things like that. But there were bu- there were bugs that were quickly patched or fixed, which it would have made more sense just to wait till the latter end of October because it would have been closer to Halloween <laughs> instead of the beginning of October. 
As of the release of the Japanese version, the game had shipped 4.5 million copies worldwide, with the title reaching 676,585 sales in Japan in its first week, which surpassed the first week of Resident Evil 5, which had almost 400,000 in sales. It's nice to see a company we love growing. That is all I have on the mm. summary of this. It's so to add to the summary here, this is one of the first games that they've released that is purposely built to be multiplayer. Now they've built they've they've released games where you can do multiplayer. Five is an example, but this is the first game that, you know, they they basically said you'll experience the full momentum of it if you play multiplayer and hopefully it has a better AI if you don't mm, mm. <laughs> well with our summary out of the way let's jump into plot alright so the plot of RE6 takes place over a period of six months so from December 2012 to June 2013 this all takes place 15 years after the original destruction of Raccoon City. So the whole Raccoon City incident, this is 15 years after. And this is the first game that takes place simultaneously in multiple places in the world, which I thought was a cool element of this game. One day we'll get Australia. (laughs) So we're going to start off with the earliest events of this game, which is Jake's campaign. And that actually happens December 24th, 2012. How would you love to have that for your Christmas Eve? Uh, if it's a biological <laughs> incident, I don't think I want to have that. No. Eve. So Jake Mueller is a mercenary for the South Slavic Edonian Liberation Army. That is a mouthful. Um, basically... He's fleeing from authorities during a um, bioterrorist attack. At that point, he partners up with Division of Security Operations agent and Raccoon City survivor, Sherry Birkin. Hey, she came back. She came back. So she ba- they basically partner up because Jake is needed by Sherry because of his rare antibodies that could eventually lead to an antidote for the C-virus. Jake, uh, he says, okay, but only if you give me $50 million in return. So the mercenary in him still hasn't died out. Yeah, regardless of him being chased by a terror, bioterrorist, you know, groups, or BOWs or anything else, he's like, I'll help you, Sherry, but I'm going to need that money. wonder why he chose such a high number. Hmm. So after they agree upon this, they start getting chased by a BOW. They completely evade the BOW. However, they're quickly found again, and eventually it leads them to meet up with the BSAA Alpha Team, which is led by none other than Chris Redfield. Yeah, he's probably all wound up for a punch of boulders. <laughs> so, 
at this point, Chris Redfield is Captain Redfield. Chris immediately knows notices something special about Jake's facial structure. And this is important to note because of what happens later. But regardless, they are quickly ambushed by the Javo army and they bring two giant B.O.W.s with them. So we go through all that and eventually Sherry and Jake are extracted from Adonia by the BSAA. Or so you think. Quickly, the escape is sabotaged by a B.O.W. codenamed. I think this is the coolest codename ever. Ustanak. Oh, my gosh, this thing. So basically, Ustanak completely negates any plans they had of getting out of Adonia and they crash into the mountains. But this is where we find out that due to the G virus that is still in Sherry Birkin's system, Sherry now has regenerative abilities, which we knew that was going to (laughs) happen. So after making it over the mountains and, you know, getting to the other side, Jake and Sherry are captured by none other than Neo Umbrella. And Ada Wong spills the beans as to why Chris looked at Jake so funny. Because Jake is none other than the bioterrorist son of Albert Wesker. Oh, plot twist. Dun, dun, dun. So after this, they're captured and they spend the next six months being experimented on by the lovely Neo Umbrella. Good job, Umbrella. Good job. (laughs) So this brings us to June 30th, 2013. So Jake and Sherry managed to break out and escape the Neo Umbrella facility only to find out that they are in China, specifically Longsheng, China. Sherry immediately gets in contact with the superiors and sets up a rendezvous. And when they're over there, when they're headed over to the rendezvous point, a U.S. government plane crashes into the city. So at this point, this is where we introduce two new characters, one of them being old to us and a, and a fan favorite, as we can tell. Leon Kennedy and Helen Harper. Now, Helen Harper is a U.S. Secret Service agent, whereas at this point, Leon is a DSOA agent. So at this point, they partner up. They find out that Sherry's boss is Derek C. Simons and is the one behind the C virus bearer and is the one behind the C virus bioterrorism attacks. Sherry tells Leon at this point, she's actually supposed to meet up with him here. And before this whole conversation can finish, they're attacked by none other than returning BOW champion, Ustanak. Once they beat Ustanak, the four agree to meet up all at the rendezvous point to see what they can do. So once Jake and Sherry finally get up to the meetup, Leon and Helena face off against Simmons. 
he at this point admits that he is the one behind the outbreak and explains that he did it in order to maintain U.S. and global stability. So this was a really crazy revelation, I thought, that Simmons did this to create stability worldwide. So let's cause an incident to cause stability. <laughs> Didn't make any sense to me either, but... But anyway, at this point, Simmons orders his guards to shoot both Leon and Helena, and it's at this point that Leon turns to Jake and Sherry and says... Y'all need to GTFO while I settle a score here. They're like, cool, we're out. But Sherry hands Leon an SD card that contains none other than the research on Jake's antibodies. While they're escaping, however, Jake and Sherry are once again caught by Neo Umbrella. Good job, guys. Get away. (laughs) They just... I, every time they escape, they're on, instantaneously caught by Neo Umbrella. You'd think you'd stick with the one guy who was like, nah, that ain't going to happen. He's got a pretty good uh, record at this point for protecting people. I'm just saying. So that brings us to July 1st, 2013. Jake and Sherry are once again in captivity with Neo Umbrella, but this time they're in an underwater facility at the very bottom of the ocean. So it's at this point, all hope seems lost until Chris and Piers come to save the day. They were tipped off by our lovely little friend, Leon. (laughs) So once Chris and Piers find Jake and Sherry, they start the escape plan. But before they make their final escape, Chris being Chris tells Jake that not only did I know your dad, but I'm the guy who put him down. Jake flips out, which I don't quite understand because Jake didn't know his dad, but whatever. (laughs) It's the point. It was, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, but regardless, Jake takes a shot at Chris at this point. Chris barely gets out of the way bullet and it grazes his cheek. And before anything else could happen, yet again, another massive B.O.W. interjects. And this one is Heos. And it cracks out of this cocoon and all hell breaks loose. Chris and Piers are like, you guys get out of here. We know how important Jake is. Get out of here. We'll take this thing on. So they do. And as Jake and Cher are escaping, none other than Ustinok shows up for one last go. Of course, you have to. BOW's got three times. We know this. That's the rule. (laughs) So, Jake and Sherry take Ustinak down, and they finally escape the Neo Umbrella facility. So this brings us to the final events of their chapters. After some time later, Jake hands over a vial of his blood to Sherry but not before he renegotiates his price and says 50 bucks. Sherry takes the deal. And at this point, the BSA agrees to keep Jake's identity. Hush, hush. Nobody's going to know. But thanks to the blood vial, 
a vaccine for C-Virus gets completely disseminated to the world and eventually the C-Virus is eventually gradually contained. However, there is a secret ending to this, which you can only get from completing Ada's campaign. We see that Jake continues to fight against the BOWs in other countries, specifically somewhere in the Middle East. I thought that was a really cool ending, and I really liked that you had to complete the rest of the game to get it. I thought it was a nice little twist. <laughs> but more so, I like this entire campaign because you have to play through everyone's campaign to get the just. But the main focal point to this whole game is Jake's blood. He is the key to fixing everything with the sea virus. And he hasn't gone down the path of evil, per se. Mm, he's just there. <laughs> but it's nice to know at the end of it. He's like, no, nah, I have decided what I'm going to do and I'm going to fight the B.O.W.s. So that's Jake's storyline, which brings us to the next storyline, which is none other than Leon's campaign. It starts us off at June 29th, 2013. So some major plot points here, because I'm not going to go through his whole storyline, because a lot of these other characters is more connecting to Jake and Sherry. Big plot points here for Leon are, however, President currently, which is Adam Benford, is about to come clean about what happened in Raccoon City. And this is all going to happen at a seminar that he is conducting at Ivy University in Tall Oaks. So just before he gives this big speech, as they're getting ready, boom, President turns into a zombie, attacks Leon, and Leon goes, not today, takes him out. So at this point, Leon and his new partner, Helena, are like, what the heck is going on? There's a huge bioterrorism attack. Tons of people getting turned to zombies. And they're like, we got to get out of here. Some random guy at the university is like, hey, I can help you guys get out of here. But I got to find my daughter. They're like, OK, we'll help you find your daughter and we got to get out of here. So while they're searching, he starts complaining about skin irritation and itching and scratching. And I mentioned this because of this great twist that's coming. So after a while, they eventually find this guy's daughter at the elevators. When they find her, she is already a zombie and attacks her father and devours him. I did not see that coming. I honestly thought this guy was going to turn and then, you know, Helena and Leon were going to have to kill him. Did not see the whole daughter <laughs> being a zombie twist. <laughs> But regardless, after this, they end up fighting their way out of this area and, you know, they they end up in the train lines and it's just chaos. They eventually get to a point where they they've got a minute break and Hannigan actually calls Leon and informs him that the entire city is overran and like 70,000 people are expected to have become infected and Neo Umbrella is taking responsibility for this. So they're like, oh, crap. So we go to chapter two of their campaign. They're on a bus. They're driving around. They end up having to crash the bus. 
they make their way through a cemetery and just solving puzzles and everything else. You know, the typical stuff. Helena is after her sister during this whole time. Her whole purpose is to find her sister. So eventually they get to an underground facility where they find Helen's sister, Deborah Harper. But Leon also finds a tape here that's labeled Happy Birthday, Ada Wong. And as he watches it, he becomes confused because they it depicts a woman being birthed that looks exactly like Ada Wong. So Leon's mind is blown at this point. So we get back to Deborah. Deborah is she just in excruciating pain and then she ends up becoming twisted from the sea virus and turns into a chrysalid which begins to attack Leon and Helena. During this confrontation Ada comes in and basically saves the day. We then wrap into chapter three of this whole keep in mind this is a whole evening at this point. It's like a whole day. After Deborah is killed, Hannigan again contacts Leon, but then it's the transmission is completely interrupted by Simmons. Simmons immediately says that Leon and Helena are the prime suspects in a bioterrorism attack on the city. And at this point, they're like, oh, crap. So they begin to escape. And during this escape, Leon specifically asks Hannigan to fake his and Helena's death after they find out that Simmons is going to China and they say they're going to try to head to China too, but they cannot head that way if people still know their life. So fake their death. So Hannigan's like, okay, cool. (laughs) And that brings us to June 30th, 2013. So Leon and Helena are headed to China and just when you think everything's great, they find out the plane's been infiltrated by none other than a Lepatica. We're going to talk about Lepatica's next episode because they're pretty gnarly creatures. But nonetheless, the Lepatica is defeated by letting it fall from the plane's cargo hatch, but not before it spews a ton of airborne sea virus into the plane and infects every passenger. So at this point, Leon's like, oh, crap, we got to get this plane down. So Helen is fighting off all these zombies. Leon's trying to land the plane and he does a pretty good job, except for the crash landing. (laughs) So after they crash land the plane on a cargo bay, they get out and they run through the city and meet up with Sherry Birkin and none other than Jake Mueller. And we know what happens from here. They, you know, they travel with these two for a little bit and then boom, Usana comes in and invades, separates the two parties. So after all this, they had off Leon and Helena head off on their own and continue to search for Simmons. This leads them to run across Chris and Piers who are looking for the Ada lookalike. It's important to note because this is what Chris and Piers 
are doing during their entire campaign, pretty much. They're looking for the A to look alike. So after a really intense argument between Leon, Chris, Piers, and Helena about whether or not Ada should die, they split the parties and head off on their own. Chris and Piers head off one direction. Leon and Helena head off in another. So during Leon and Helena continuing to look for Simmons, they meet up along with Sherry and Jake again, which brings us to where they finally find Simmons. Now, during the Leon and Elena campaign, Simmons orders his men to take them down, however, is quickly infected with the C virus. Which is a really crazy twist of events. At this point, Simmons completely tries to evade and jumps onto a train where he's chased by Leon and Helena and taken down after he mutates into the centaur looking creature. Leon and Helena eventually climb back to shore after, you know, being drove into the ocean and they're contacted by Chris and says that Ada's dead. But you also need to get the hell out of here because there's a missile fired by Neo Umbrella that carries a ton of sea virus and it's going to hit the city. Too little too late. It hits the city, which means now we have to drive, go through this entire city. But during these events, when they think all is lost, none other than Ada flying a helicopter comes in to save their bacon. And of course, we get the what faces. <laughs> so during this, you know, Ada's guiding them through places and they're making it through alleys, dipping through buildings, and they eventually make it to a BSA helicopter. And the they're like, oh, my God, the pilot's asleep. Turns out not so much. They're flying and the pilot turns into a zombie. Crash the helicopter into some towers and there they meet up with Simmons again. They do one final battle where he's mutated into this like T-Rex kind of creature. And after it's all done, Leon, Helena and Ada head to the rooftops. And that's where we end chapter four of their campaign, which brings us to July 1st, 2013. Simmons was revived, turned into the sentai-like creature, and begins battling with Ada and several United States agents. And it cuts there. So we're like, oh my gosh, so many unanswered questions. <laughs> And that brings us to the final campaign that we're going to go a little bit in depth about, which is Chris's campaign. So there's not too much to cover here, honestly, with Chris's campaign, because their Chris and Piers's campaign coincide with the other two campaigns quite heavily. The things to take away from Chris's campaigns are, however, that six months prior in Adonia, Chris is in command of a unit where pretty much majority of the soldiers die. And that is December 24th. After this, Chris leaves the BSAA and becomes a drunkard. 
he is like down in the dumps. Piers actually then meets up with Chris. I believe it's in a bar and convinces Chris to come back and finish the mission. Chris begrudgingly accepts and they head off together. During this, however, their campaign brings them to China, which a very important event happens here, which is an eye opener for Chris. Towards the end of the boss battle that they have, Piers is infected. And Chris is devastated. Piers basically forces Chris into an escape pod before the structure they're in self-destructs. And Chris is sent away watching Piers finally reach that final moment of transformation and watch the building collapse around him. And as Chris's pod is going into the ocean and he's like, oh, damn it, Piers. The B.O.W. they were fighting attacks his pod and you see this blast of electricity come out and sink this B.O.W. back down and you finally watch the entire place explode. And that's pretty much the ending. It's really sad and you get why at the end of it all going into Ari village Chris is so distraught and like cold hearted and like does not care because of all of these things that happened to him during this game and all the events in his life because of BOWs he's just becomes very cold and it's it's sad <laughs> Daniel's just shaking his head at me no it's not <laughs> Anyway, that brings us to the final events of this game, which is Ada's campaign. So originally it was you can only play through Ada's campaign if you beat all the other three campaigns. However, a patch was granted that allows characters to start Ada's campaign at the very beginning of the game. Now, this patch was made on subsequent releases of the game. So after the game's initial release, every console that it re-released on, this is when the patch was granted. So players of the original release had to still beat the original three campaigns. But anyway, so during this campaign, there are a couple other things to note. Ada does not have a partner character. And if you play multiplayer with her campaign the other player will play as an agent that's 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 it an agent it is also revealed that during this campaign the Ada that died which we all knew was the doppelganger and the doppelganger was actually a scientist named Carla Redames and we'll talk about Carla in the next episode but during her campaign, it's also revealed that the real Ada was the one who helped Leon and Sherry. And also the real one was the one who destroyed Neo Umbrella Labs and Lashang. However, after all of this in her campaign, it is revealed that Carla was not dead. 
and tries one more attack on Ada after she injects herself with a dose of the C virus. However, Ada kills her. And then Ada goes and helps Leon and Helena with the Derek Simmons battle at the end. And then after all of that, Ada reaches a lab where the Ada clone was developed and destroys everything. She's like, fuck no, there's only one. (laughs) So then at that point, she gets a call from somebody and they're giving her a new assignment. However, unlike the other three campaigns, Ada doesn't get an after credit dialogue or epilogue or anything. But we do get the secret ending where she does go and meet up with Jake. So that's all for the campaigns. It's a lot of info dumps. (laughs) Sounds like it. Um, But when we start talking about the characters next episode, there's going to be a lot of tie-ins to the original camp, you know, original games, which is what I loved about this. There was a lot of tie-ins, a lot of loose ends were tied up, a new introduction of a new enemy, Neo Umbrella. We actually get to put a face to some of these bioterrorist organizations. It was a good game for info dumps. I, I cannot continue to deny that, though I wish there was more. I wish the storylines weren't so convoluted with each other. But at the end of the day, it's still a good game. Still worth a play. Definitely. So with all that being said, we've ran really long on this episode. So we're going to go ahead and jump to our mid break. Daniel. We made it to the middle of the episode. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it was the end of the episode. No, not even close. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of info we dumped in the, the very beginning of this episode. But nonetheless, we're here. And the first thing we got to do is thank our oh-so-wonderful patrons. We have some of those? We have a lot of those. So we're going to thank our very first patron, our VIP patron, William Jackson. And we have to thank our other two patrons at the all-access patron level, Chris Slate and Remington Cloutier. I just want to say, Remington and Chris are patrons on a lot of our shows. You guys must really love us. (laughs) So, a big thank you to our patrons for the RE Lure cast. You are wonderful. You help keep the show going. And we are still doing that giveaway. We're coming close to the end. We do have a couple entries. But as a quick reminder, everyone, if you want to enter, all you have to do is tag your favorite RE moment with at RE LuraCast and just put a gif of your favorite moment or talk about your favorite moment. Or you can at one of your favorite RE episodes on Twitter and those will get you entries. If you do both, you get two entries. So keep a lookout. We're giving away a free copy of Resident Evil Village on your choice of console. So that'll be coming. I believe next episode we'll do a draw and we'll do it on episode. So you can find out if you're the winner. But all that being said, thank you again to our patrons. Thank you to those who listen and share and talk to us in the discord and talk to us on Twitter. We love you. 
You're awesome. Thank you. And keep it coming because we love chatting with y'all. So with all that being said, Daniel, what do you have for us for the middle of the episode? Oh, I didn't bring anything today. You're a liar. (laughs) I definitely am. (laughs) So in keeping with Resident Evil 6 on a website called Oscar Jacket, it's O-S-K-A-R Jacket.com. There is a Resident Evil 6 Jake Muller double-breasted camouflage jacket. Ooh. So right now it's 30% off. It says today only, but we know sometimes that lasts a little bit longer than just today. Mm-hmm. So normally it is $199, but it is currently $139. Do not know what shipping runs on that. So shipping will probably run you back up there. Yeah. But you can find that on OscarJacket.com. Under Resident Evil 6, Jake Muller, double-breasted camouflage jacket. It's currently in stock. Looks like it comes in multiple sizes. Ooh. Let me see that jacket real quick. Ooh, yeah. It it does look slick. Ooh, I might want one. Anyway. (laughs) So we'll put the link in the show notes as always. (sighs) But I bring us news. In honor of the great... Ariel, who's not here with us right now, I would like to say. So I read an article. <laughs> she's she's going to hate you. For she's going to hate me for that. That's my line. So the article is from Polygon.com, and the headline is: A second Resident Evil chapter is coming to Dead by Daylight. So our Dead by Daylight fans are going to freak. So there's not many details. Um, about characters or killers there you know are potential new maps that are coming but it is revealed that the second chapter is called project w now this does share a name with some resident evil canon which is project w which is the project that started the progenitor virus and is the origin of albert wesker so this is also a pivotal moment for Dead by Daylight because this is the first time in Dead by Daylight franchise that it has added a second chapter to a character story or, you know, a crossover event. They're also going to offer legendary skins during this event, but we don't know what they're going to be. My thoughts probably going to be Wesker for the uh, killer on this one. <laughs> They'll probably find some B.O.W. that they could use. They could always use B.O.W. Wesker from 5. I mean... could use Nemesis. Ooh. They already did that one. Mr. X is still there, then. (laughs) But regardless, we'll put the link in the show notes and keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, It is set currently to release before the end of 2022. So we'll get more details, I'm sure, throughout the year. And of course, you can always tune into us to figure out those details when they come up. So, that's all I have for the mid-break. Me too. (laughs) Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and go to our wrap-up at the end of the episode. Well, Daniel, here we are at the end of the episode. Sad face. All right, bye, everybody. (laughs) Not before we announce some B.O.W.s that we're going to talk about next episode. You mean a lot of them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so you ready for my list oh let's hear this list oh yeah 
So I apologize if I pronounce any of these wrong, but there is a lot of these BOWs. So I'm going to list them off. So we have the Bloodshot, which I believe we covered in the last episode. Mm-hmm. You have the Brzak, the Carla Spore, the Glava Begamac, Glava Dim, Glava Sluz, Glava Smek. So I don't know where they Smek. I don't know where they picked some of these names from. I don't know. The um, Gne- Gnezdo. They have the Gnezdo. The Heos, Aluzija, Jaavo, Apatica, Mesic, Napad, Nogalet, Noga Aklop, or sorry, Naga Aklop, Naga Skankanji, Naga Turch, oh, let me see, oh, Naga Turchanje, Agromen, Oko or Akko, Rasclapanje, which I believe was in one of our other ones, Ruker Bedem, sorry, Ruka Bedem, Ruka Vatanje, Ruka Shrip, Shrieker, the Strelak, Esplosija, Talo Curlgist. Man, these names are hard. I'm telling you, Telemagla. <laughs> Ubisfo, Ustanak, Whopper. Whopper. There we go. There's another one. Then you also, then we have the two easier ones that are, I'm going to have a good chance of pronouncing the C virus zombie. Oh. And the zombie dog C, which I assume the C represents C virus. Oh, it does. That is the list of BOWs. (sighs) Well, I have. Not nearly as complicated a list as characters. <laughs> so the characters we're going to talk about next episode for me are Leon S. Kennedy, Chris Redfield, Jake Mueller, Ada Wong, Helena Harper, Piers Nivanans, Sherry Birkin, Carla Radams, Derek C. Simmons, Ingrid Hannigan, Adam Benford, Finn now this one's gonna be hard. I think it's Macaulay. I think it's Macaulay. Ma- Macaulay. Uh, Deborah Harper, and we're briefly gonna talk about the agent, just because I want to talk about the concept behind that guy or girl. It doesn't have a. Di- it's just an agent. I want to talk about this. <laughs> so that is our list of characters that we're gonna talk about next episode. Not nearly as long as our BOW list. So it's going to be a B.O.W. episode for sure. Good. (laughs) So, as always, during our first episode, we have to go through some unlockables. And boy, are there a ton. So we have the Ada story, which we already discussed how to unlock that. And when the patch was introduced, it wasn't it was already unlocked. Uh, Agent Hunt is unlocked after completing all five chapters of one story once except on the Nintendo Switch where it's automatically unlocked by default you have Mercenaries No Mercy which is unlocked only in the PC PS4 and Xbox One and Nintendo Switch versions by default this was not on the PS3 or Xbox 360 versions you have Survivors Predator Onslaught and Siege which were only unlockable via DLC purchase 
on PS3, Xbox 360, and on all future releases, it was unlocked by default. So in Mercenaries mode, you can unlock a couple things. Steel Beast, which you unlock by completing Chris's story. Again, with future releases, unlocked by default. Mining the Depths, you have to complete Jake's story. Again, unlocked by default in future releases. Rail Yard, High Seas Fortress, The Catacombs, Requiem of War, Liquid Fire, Rooftop Missions, and Creature Workshop were unlocked by DLC purchases on PS3 and Xbox 360. PC, it was unlocked by completing the last map with an A or S rank and getting an A or S rank in the mining depths. You'll unlock the rail yard, getting an A or S in the rail yard will unlock High Seas Fortress and so on. So you had to come subsequently complete them with A or S ranks to unlock each one. However, on the PS4, Xbox One and Nintendo Switch, all the maps are unlocked by default. Good job, Nintendo. <laughs> so yeah, I, moral of story, if you want all the content, just buy a newer version. So Helen Harper can be unlocked by completing the Urban Chaos and the Mercenaries or the Mercenaries No Mercy with a B rank or higher. Peers can be unlocked by completing Steel Beast and the Mercenaries or the No Mercy version with a B rank or higher. Sherry Birkin can be unlocked by completing the Mining of the Depths and Mercenaries or again, No Mercy with B rank or higher. Ada Wong in the PS3, Xbox 360, and PC versions, you have to complete Ada's story. However, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, same as above, but you can also unlock it by winning matches and survivors. So, either or for future releases. Carla Redames can be unlocked by by obtaining all default and EX1 costumes in the game. An agent cannot be unlocked without the patch in the PS3 and Xbox 360 versions. However, in the PS3 on a Xbox 360 versions after patch unlocks by default. So the costumes we get in this one, they're pretty cool. You have to, in order to unlock all these, you have to complete mercenaries or the no mercenaries. Hmm. So you have to complete Mercenaries or the No Mercy Mercenaries by obtaining an A or S rank on either solo or duo mode on every single version of the game and every map to unlock each character's extra costume subsequently. So the costumes we have are Pirate Leon and Police Helena. We have Samurai Chris and Racer Piers. We have Jake looking pretty fly in his street costume. We have... I really didn't know what to call Sherry's costume. I didn't know if it was like a school uniform. I'm pretty sure it was a school uniform, but it, it also looks kind of sailory uniformy. So we're just going to call it a schoolgirl uniform. Uh, Sherry's got a schoolgirl uniform. And Ada has a... It's really hard to explain. It's more like a traditional like Chinese... Like garb uh, costume. It's very pretty. It's a very pretty costume. But yes, so those are the costumes you can unlock. Alternatively, you can unlock different colors of the costumes. So you have Leon, Pirate, again, Helena, and Police Uniform. All of them are subsequently different colored costumes 
of the original EX1 costumes. EX3, however, you get costumes. Uh, you can get the original block versions of all the characters. So you got Leon in his RPD, you know, original block style PS1 kind of costume. Uh, Helena looks very blocky PS1 style, but she has her original costume from this game. Chris is in his original mansion outfit with the blocky PS1 graphics. Uh, Piers, original costume from this game, blocky graphics. Jake, same thing. Sherry, however, is rocking her original costume from the original PS games. So she's a little girl in this game? Yes. <laughs> with the pink kind of uh, what are those called? Headband. Yeah. With the pink headband. Uh, and then Ada with her original red dress. So those are all the costumes you can unlock in this game. And basically, you pretty much have to complete the game and mercenaries to unlock all these costumes. So there you go. There's our unlockables for this game. A lot. A lot, yeah. Most of the other stuff is in-game purchases, like, you know, items and weapons and things like that. So you'll unlock them as you play the game. Mercenaries is the online, right? Mercenaries is the online, yeah. Is Mercenaries even a thing still? Yeah. I just wouldn't want to go play the game <laughs> and then not be able to unlock anything because there's nobody to play with. Yeah, I, I will honestly say that a lot of people are still playing 6 online. Um, I logged in two months ago, three months ago, and there were still some people to party up with. So speaking of which, Daniel, are we going to play some RE6 online at some point soon? Are you implying that we Twitch stream it? Uh, yeah, I think we should Twitch stream it. We'll see what the fans think. <laughs> we can. You know my days off. <laughs> but anyway, so that is wrap up for our RE6 kind of overview. Uh, with unlockables next episode we're going to go over bow's characters and easter eggs so until next time thank you for listening and tune in next week bye all thanks for joining us tonight on the resident evil Lurecast. we hope you enjoyed it if you did tell a friend Leave a comment and review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger. Hi, I'm Aaron. And I'm Ariel. And we're the hosts of the Legend of Zelda Lurecast, a podcast about all things Legend of Zelda. From Errol to Zora, and all the fun things in between. If you're ready to dive deep and learn more about the Legend of Zelda lore and everything surrounding it, come join us on the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. You can find us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever else you get your podcasts. We hope to see you soon.